Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Training Unleashed. I am your host, Evan Hackle. I am the CEO of Toro Training, and today we have the pleasure of having my son, Alex Hackle, as a guest. And you might be wondering why I have my son as a guest, but my son is a professional athlete, and he has competed in freestyle skiing, uh, slope style. Why don't you just quickly explain to people what slope style skiing is, because you could probably do a lot better job of that than I can. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Alex and slope style skiing is when you go down the ski run and you hit a combination of rails and jumps and you usually hit about three rails and three jumps in the run and they combine your score and give you a score out of 100 and uh, yeah, it's, it's really fun to do. I, I highly suggest it to any young uh, skiers out there to, to get into freestyle skiing and particularly slope style, it's incredibly fun. And in addition to that, you like to do a lot of street skiing, a lot of filming. So why don't you maybe give people a quick, quick view of what that is? So street skiing slash film skiing is where you uh, go skiing, but on terrain that's not on the mountain and is generally found around cities. And what happens is a lot of the things that you can do in the train park and on mountains, you can do in more urban areas and more closer to your home. So, for example, somebody like me growing up 20 minutes outside of Boston, it was more likely that I'd be able to find these rails, you know, around the city than it would be for me to drive three hours. So it's really cool to be able to do your skiing on a more relatable level and everyone that watches the skiing knows where this could be possible. And, and that's 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 the joy of it is skiing on a relatable level yeah and just to give everyone a little understanding alex has been a member of the united states uh, ski team uh he has competed in a lot of great events he's been ranked as high as ninth in the world uh but now he's probably more focused on movies and filming and things of that nature is that pretty much true i would say that is 100 percent correct okay so i want to start out with the beginning um, how in the world did you decide that you wanted to become interested in becoming a professional freestyle skier? Well, I was skiing around my home mountain and I had skied every trail on the mountain and I was a very good skier and I saw somebody uh, ski the train park one day and it looked very enticing and then I had the opportunity to ride up the chairlift with a professional halfpipe skier Simon Dumont and overall freestyle professional freestyle skier he has won an X Games gold medal in big air and I rode up the chairlift with him and I went skiing with him for like half an hour and that experience changed my life and after that I all I wanted to do is freestyle skiing. Cool. So you decided you want to become a freestyle skier and how old were you at this point in your life? I was around 12. 12 okay uh, I assume that there wasn't a booklet on how to become a professional freestyle skier for you to read. So what, how did you go about doing this? What, what, uh, what, how did you get yourself ready? How did you, how did you prepare? So there was definitely no booklet uh, for it. What happened was I started, you know, started skiing the terrain park and then 
heard about some online websites that were about this kind of stuff and that there were some forums and then went on the forums and then watched a ton and a ton and a ton of ski videos and then signed up for freestyle ski lessons initially at my home mountain in Sunday River, but that didn't go too well. And then I sort of gave myself a, um, you could say, a, a non-formal education of it. And then I went back to doing a formal education of it when I went to Windows Academy. So let's, let's pre-Windows here for just a second. So at first you started to learn by watching videos, watching other people trying to sort of mimic what they were doing, mm-hmm. right? And, and that is, by the way, the number one way people learn on the job. 100%. And that's, I would more or less uh, watch a video of somebody else skiing and then figure out the name of the trick, figure out what movements it took to do that trick, figure out who I knew that could do that trick who skied my whole mountain, and then from there, learn it. And at a certain point, you decided you wanted to go into a program, try to take yourself to another level, have a coach, um, which would be the equivalent in companies of, hey, there's training available, but it wasn't a good experience. And can you maybe explain why that wasn't a good experience? Uh, my initial experience? Yeah, when you, when you went to the, the academy, your first academy. Uh, why it was not a good experience for me was that I found that – I wasn't very engaged. It was very regimented. Um, a lot of it wasn't really up to me. I was kind of put in a group that I didn't feel like fitted me and it sort of sucked the entertainment out of what was, you know, something that was extremely entertaining to me because I felt like there's a lot of social, social structure to it. And overall, I, I felt like it, I wasn't going anywhere. I was uh, actually getting handicapped by the training. And how would you describe your coach? Was he a good coach, bad coach? How did he treat you? Um, I would say that I had a very not amazing experience with him. I would say that he was a closed door, um, more or less didn't have any expectations for me personally, and more or less treated me like I couldn't do things and would constantly put a limitation on what I could achieve and really, really, really uh, prevented me from wanting to dream big. You know, I felt like I had a calling in this. I felt I loved it, you know, and I had big expectations, but it was almost like all those expectations were always downplayed with him and more or less it felt like his belief of what I could achieve was smaller than what I could I believe that I could achieve and that's where there's a big gap and, and that's why I, I was not joining. And how did it make you feel? Um made me feel like very awful. It made me feel like something that I loved incredibly and you know now having a hindsight I clearly love it because I'm very passionate about it. But it made me feel like something that I'm most passionate about in my whole life was something that was not fun and really not even worth doing. And just kind of took all the, all the fun, all the excitement, all the, all the energy out of it. It was not and, a good experience. And, and the reason why I'm pushing on this is because when we think about training, and, you know, so the premise of the show is that most companies don't train, and when they do train, they train poorly. So when you don't train, you learn by watching from others. And yes, you can learn. It takes longer, and you can sometimes learn bad habits. Fortunately for you, I think you were around some pretty good people, and you learn good habits. 
But then training, if it's not done right, if it's not inspiring, if, it, it, if it's not uh, catering to each individual to make that individual want to be better, uh, can be very demoralizing. And I give you a lot of credit for not letting this stop you. And I know it was hard for you to get to that point because you had parents, namely me, that wanted to stay in the program um, until I actually watched this guy coach. And, and, and I remember it vividly where, you know, he had clearly had favorites and different people would finish a run and he'd go over to them and you'd finish a run and he'd ignore you. Um, and, I, and I see this in, in the training world a lot. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's tortal.net. T-O-R-T-A-L. Tortal.net. Even before you went to Gould, you had an experience, though, that was pretty good, where somebody that wasn't really a coach did coach you. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yes. Um, one of the local uh, people decided to take me on a wing for a little while, and he taught me the basics. He you know, taught me how to slide a rail, taught me how to ski backwards, the fundamental of it, and that's really what sparked the climb, because if I didn't have that, my barrier of entry into the park would have been much harder. Yeah. So positive encouragement, teach you the basics, sped up the time it would have taken you to learn all that on your own. 100%. And moral support, positive encouragement, all of that. And that, and, that, and that is what good training does, is it speeds up the process, right? When someone helps you that knows how to train, they can take you from being a complete novice to an intermediate, let's say, not maybe an expert, but you can take that time and reduce it greatly. And that's what I think Jake did for you, which I think, which is, which is fabulous. Then you went into the Gould experience, maybe not so good. So somehow from there, you talked your parents into sending you into Wendell's Academy. And I think it would be interesting if you could just share with everybody how you started there and your transformation in terms of, of learning and coaching. So uh, something that you mentioned earlier in the podcast, which was that bad habits that people can pick up when they have taught themselves or have been mistrained. And I would say that my first experience there was poor because I had a bad experience with my last coach. So my feelings were to not want to trust the person, not want to listen to the person. And I also had developed a ton of bad habits that had helped me get to the point of where I was. But if I wanted to break past that point and get to the point where I wanted to be, I had to get rid of those bad habits. And at first, I had no idea that this coach knew what he was talking about. So, And I just had come from a situation where I didn't trust my coach. So when he was telling me about these habits and all the stuff, I didn't want to listen to him. And I was very, you know, reserved and would assume he was wrong instead of he was right every time. And then one day uh, an experience happened to me and this uh, girl who also was coached by uh, this coach, Mike Hanley, sat me down or didn't sat me down, sat all 15 of us who were in the ski program and said, look, it, you're crazy. This guy's amazing. Like he did this for me. Like if, 
like you guys should listen to him like he can teach you anything you want like just listen to him you know he might be a little out there sometimes but just listen to him and the next day I listened to him and oh my god I learned so much and the next day I listened to him oh my god I learned so much and then eventually you know after a week basically I just said you know what this guy knows what he's doing and I said yes every time and said no every time and that help like that positive training and another thing was this person always believed that you could do something way above what you could actually do at the moment and he was thinking five steps ahead of you so it was amazing because not only was he positive not only was it moral support but in fact he believed that you were capable of doing anything and he really believed that just about anyone in that program was capable about doing anything this was not singular to me this was just his belief that this was achievable and that was infectious and saying yes all the time so saying no and being open to new experiences and being open to fail and everything was, it was amazing and it helped me get rid of bad habits and helped me break through that level to get the next level, which was ultimately where I wanted to be. And this is one of the things I really want to talk about the most. We create training programs in the corporate world and we think people should just simply want to take them or want to do them. We feel like, you know, we've done all this hard work and this is fair. This is, they should just, they should just do it. But people need to be inspired. And people need to have positive energy and people need to have feedback. And one of the constant things I hear when I go in and I talk to companies about failed training efforts, the number one problem isn't the quality of the training. It is the lack of individualization and the lack of somebody actually acknowledging that they did the training or giving them encouragement in the training. So I'd hear from constantly, well, I did this work, but then no one ever asked me any questions. No one ever did anything. No one ever followed up. There was nothing to inspire. And I think in training, we need to inspire people. And attitude is huge. So here you have this coach that, and I know him, and Mike Hanley is a phenomenal coach. Um, but it's not just the skills he knows, it's how he knows how to motivate people. And that we need to re recognize in the training world, a big part of what we're doing isn't just the technical creation of training, but it is literally the motivation of people. And it makes it makes it makes a massive a massive difference. And uh, how I would phrase it is: it doesn't matter if you have the best training course in the world. If you're speaking English and the other people are speaking Swedish, it's not gonna it's not gonna hit. So it's not just you know about how well somebody can coach you. It's about you know are you on the same page? Is he is it being supported in the right way? Because that's ultimately what it comes down to: is that if you're not receptive, it's it's not gonna work. See, I think what I've noticed in you is you have a passion for skiing that is absolutely unstoppable. And even though you had bad coaching, you were willing to push through and you were willing to do whatever it took. Make sense? 100%. Unfortunately, in a regular workplace, people don't necessarily have the same passion. I can see, see that. Yeah. So what I would like you to do, though, because I, I think that it's important for people to understand what it is to be somebody that can ski at the level you can ski about the things that you did yourself in terms of your own personal motivation. So you, can you talk a little bit about what you did at a young age and to motivate yourself and things of that nature? Yes. Uh, I did a lot of things to motivate myself. You know, I clearly felt like this was something that I wanted to do for a long time, something that I wanted to be, you know, something 
that I deeply wanted to be, which was a professional skier and deeply wanted to know what it was felt like to ski the way that, you know, the people I looked up to skied. And I was able to create goals for myself, um, not only from a skiing perspective, but a personal perspective that, you know, I had a range of, of uh, vision boards that had, you know, what I wanted to achieve in skiing, how I wanted my skiing to be received, why I was skiing, not like, you know, like, not just like, you know, the, the what it is, is just my skiing. The what is just what happens, but the why was like, what do I want people to feel? How am I going to approach this? Why am I doing this? Why is this important to me? And more or less having those vision boards and stating why I wanted to do it and the goals I wanted to achieve and when I wanted to achieve them by was very important. By the way, um, we're going to have an attachment to this on, on uh, treadingunleashed.com. We can actually see a copy of one of Alex's vision boards. Who asked you to create this vision board? No one. Right, no one. You just do it yourself. Yeah. And to me, as a proud father, it blew me away when I first saw his first vision board. But what I want to do here, because the purpose of this isn't really, it's to talk about Alex, but to relate it to training. And from my perspective, it's going to be very rare that you're going to find anybody that's going to create a vision board on their own. But that doesn't mean that we can't create vision boards for people. That doesn't mean that we can't create individual training plans for individual people and to work with them and help them in the process. So as opposed to us creating a plan and saying, here, Alex, here's a plan, we create the plan together and it's customized and it, and it has goals, it has energy, and it has vision. And if we can do that, we can motivate people to be much more exciting about their, their personal development and that people will see their development happening not as part of a machine, but part as an individual facing what they what they want to do or where they want to where they want to be. Um, and the goals aren't just literally about the job function, but about your career, where you're going to go, the metrics and things of that nature. When you look at Alex's board, he literally listed tricks and things that he wanted to learn, and he and he listed personal things that he wanted to do. And, he, and one of the things really cool is he also has pictures and vision of things to remind him and center him around those things. We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to tortal.net. That's T O R. T-A-L, Tortle.net. you got a new movie coming out, and what I really like to understand is how it came about, the coordination and the leadership, and what it took to make this vision happen. So can you tell us all about the movie? Yes. Uh, the name of the movie is Eat the Guts, and it's a ski film produced by HG Skis, and the Producing and making this movie is incredibly, incredibly amazing that it happened. Incredibly amazing all the things that that have to happen for it to line up. And a lot of it starts with a shared common vision. And that's really hard to do when the shared common vision is between eight to ten people. And it's not just riders, but it's also, so it's not just people in the movie, but it's also people in the company. So you're having to really negotiate visions 
And all this isn't necessarily said at once, but it's happening at once. And then once you guys find a common vision, so we really want something out of the box, something groundbreaking, something that wasn't happening every day and something that in this time of constant content wasn't just going to get looked over, viewed once, and then tossed away. It was something that it was going to have a timeless feel, even though it's created in a time where content is consumed and thrown away, consumed and thrown away, consumed and thrown away. And that was our common vision. And then once we got that common vision, then the process of making it is just as difficult, if not more difficult. We are traveling around in the winter in a van that was made in 1995 in the first year that we filmed for this two-year project. So this happened over two years. It's definitely not overnight. It didn't even have heat. So we're traveling around some of the coldest places that have snow in northern Canada, and we don't even have heat. And there's about six to seven of us on a trip and at least five skiers. And what's difficult is there's only so much time in the day and there's only so many days of the winter and there's only so many trips. And you have to figure out how each person in that van is going to be able to ski to their best potential. And that's, that's incredibly difficult. How do you prioritize who gets to hit what if two people want to do the same thing, but you only have two hours of daylight and they're both going to require two hours. How do you do that? And how can you get the best skiing out of everyone? And that's everyone, even if they're having a bad day, that's not like everyone like that wants to it's, if you're in that band, you made a commitment to having, uh, wanting this film project to be the best and wanting yourself to have the best section and everyone holds each other accountable and if that person isn't feeling it that week, it's not like we just go, oh, he's not feeling it this week. We're not going to do something for him. It's, he's not feeling this week. We get to do something for him. We get to help him out. We get to ask him what he wants to do. We get to maybe even annoy him into achieving what he ultimately committed to wanting to achieve. So it's very difficult to navigate. And that's without you know, taking into account any of the planning that goes into scheduling the weather, you know, it's all weather dependent, but the leadership in it is absolutely crazy. And it's maybe one of the hardest things to do, but we all do this out of passion. Nobody's making an incredible amount of money off of this. And this is all just shared common vision and passion coming together and overcoming these obstacles. And, and this is so important when it comes to the world of training, because to be successful, you have to have a shared vision. You have to have senior management share that vision. You need to have everybody in the company that shares that vision. And you need to bring everyone up who is down, everyone who's having a bad week up. And uh, you know, I think most people listening to this know I wrote a book called Engaging Leadership where I talk about the importance of a shared vision. And, and Alex's thing has nothing to do with my book, by the way. He was doing this well before my book. But this whole idea of that team creating a vision is so important and you know do you have a vision for your training efforts uh, does your if you're running a training department does your training department have a mission and vision statement of what you're trying to accomplish how are you getting input how are you getting buy-in and support so that when you develop the training and materials that it is embraced by management it's embraced by the people that are the works and the issue around training in this country is an opportunity and it's about taking training and unleashing it and making massive changes for the better. And I, I, I believe that we, it's incumbent on all of us 
to look at training not as a function we do, but a passion we create, a passion we share, a passion that we bring everybody in here. So if we take the things that Alex is talking about as a professional athlete and we apply it, it's shared vision, it's, in, it's individual plans where in, individual people have their own, own things to do, it's encouragement, um, it's supportive, it, it, it is, and I love the term allergies, we get to help people out that are, are having troubles. We get to support people that are having troubles learning the things in a, in a very positive way. And if you could do this to your training department, um, it, it will make massive changes in your organization by really literally having a vision, sharing that vision, and having individualized goals. Um, I'm, before we get to the end, I want to I share a quick story about you because I think it makes a statement. And, and I, and I want to share this story because I know from a lot of people in training that there are times when you just get frustrated with the company, that, that people don't care or don't value training the way they should. And we all have to take responsibility, by the way. I mean, it's us. If people don't value training, you know, we can sit back and say, well, they don't value training. But the reality is it's our job to create that. So when Alex was 15 years old, um, he was competing in the World Freestyle Skiing Championship. And this was a big, big, big event and big deal to him. And he was in Canada at Whistler, and he had an accident where a pole literally uh, hit his face. And, and just take a second and describe maybe the, the amount of damage and, and what that was like. I had a bad ski accident. I don't even know if it's a ball. Something sharp ripped my face open, uh, cut through all five layers of my face from right around my uh, beginning of my eye, a millimeter from the start of my eye to below my mouth, and more or less, uh, I had to get 400 stitches, plastic surgery. It was awful. Super lucky to not go blind. Pretty much one of the gnarliest, freakiest accidents you could possibly get, and maybe one of the most gruesome injuries I've ever seen in skiing. So imagine this happens, and he's in Canada, and I wasn't home. I was in Chicago. My wife wasn't home. She was in Georgia. Neither one of us had passports, so uh, my wife had to fly home, then fly to Vancouver to catch up with Alex. Uh, the people in support, uh, Carrie Miller, who was with him, literally stayed in his hotel room. So I'll give a shout out to Carrie and thank Hospital. you. Hospital room. Yes, thank you, not hotel room. How funny. Uh, anyhow, um, I caught up with Alex when he came back to Mount Hood, and I tried to talk Alex out of continuing. And I said to Alex, um, you know, Alex, you know, you don't have to be a competitive skier. You can just ski for fun. Um, and do you remember what you told me? Yeah, I told you that it was, you know, people had to pay their dues and I paid my due and therefore I was due to then reap the benefits. And that's the, the point here that I want to end up in is that, you know, we're all creating great stuff. We're all paying dues. We're all working really hard. And that, you know, if you stumble, if things aren't working as well, if you can't get the message out, you aren't getting the support you're getting, it's part of your dues and you just need to figure it out and overcome. And then when you can figure out and overcome, you can have great success. But not to look at the things that are stopping you as things to weigh you down, but to have the positive energy that Alex had 
to not sit back and go, oh my God, woe is me, I'm scared, I'm nervous, but to say, oh my God, I just paid my dues, and because I paid my dues, I'm going to reap my benefit. And, you know, that attitude, and your attitude, the attitude you get to create are hugely, hugely important. Alex, I'm going to end this the same way we end all other things and ask you for one training tip. If you were going to give our listeners one tip, one key to successful training, what would that be? I think that would be creating energy and positive energy and creating people wanting to step into their power and wanting to step into their potential. And I think that that's something that's incredibly important is not only that the training is good, but that you're inspiring people to do it and you're engaging people and you're connecting these people with their vision of being the best that they possibly can at their craft. And if it goes well, I believe that it's not crazy to think that you can get these people that are incredibly energized, passionate, and are willing to persevere through struggles to be the best at their craft. Well, Alex, I want to thank you very much. Everyone, again, on Training Unleashed, we will have a link to how you can watch Alex's new movie, and we'll also have a link to his website. Uh, for those of you that are listening on iTunes or, or Stretcher or one of the other vehicles um, or C-Suite Radio, Alex's website is Alex Hackle, Hackle spelled H-A-C-K-E-L.com, or you, I am Hackle, which you're both of them. I'm alexhackle.com, A-L-E-X-H-A-C-K-E-L.com. And you can, check, you can check out a lot about Alex there. And thank you all for taking the time. And thank you, son, for being my guest today. And everyone have a fantastic day. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way, you'll never miss an episode. And you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.